Awesome. Well, yeah, in the spirit of 30-hour famine, um, we've got something fun for you guys. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had all the youth write out a prayer request um, specifically to them, um, both for the upcoming 30-hour famine, so something they'd like prayer for during the famine, as well as just a personal request. Um, and so they wrote their name and um, the request on the, on the card in this envelope. Now, they're all, if you notice, they're all blank. There's no names on these. So it'll be kind of like a secret Santa prayer thing. I'd like for you guys to actually take these cards and pray for them. All right? So it's just completely at random, but I'm going to have these over there at the snacks at, after church um, with these cards. So you may not have a snack without praying for some. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah, please do come and do that. That would be awesome. All right. So we talked about broken music stand. We talked about, um, with the youth, the idea of renewing, right? And this idea that sometimes our shoes get old, right? Hopefully for all of us, we, we get our old shoes out and we get new shoes in. Um, and the same happens in every other aspect of life. Uh, in fact, just the other night, we were putting Rebecca down, and she has her, um, Rebecca's my daughter, she has this routine that she brings us through. Um, so first we pray for her, and then we sing her not one, but two songs, and then after the second song, you know, we lay her down. And then as we're closing the door, um, she goes through what I like to call her Rebecca commands. Okay? And so here's, here's her Rebecca commands in no particular order. She, she requests that we, um, as, just as we're closing the door, she says, stay close to the door, keep your eyes open, be quiet, and keep the light on. <laughs> Don't ask me why. This is just what she has us do. Keep the light outside, of course, not inside her room. She has us do these things every single time. We say, okay, we'll stay close to the door. We'll be quiet. We'll keep our eyes open, you know, because we close our eyes after you, you, you know, go to bed. And then we're going to, you know, stay close to the door, keep the, all that good stuff. Well, anyway, last, uh, last week, she, she said something different. She said, stay close to the door, keep your eyes open, um, turn the light on. And then out of nowhere, she added, and daddy, take a shower. <laughs> I'm like, what? And so then I look at her, and I couldn't help but ask, Becca, why did you want Daddy to take a shower? And without skipping a beat, she looks at me, and she says, because, Daddy, you're stinky. I'm like, come on, be nice to me. But, hey, let's be honest, right? So sometimes it's our shoes, sometimes it's our bodies, regardless of what it is. We get stinky in life, and we need to be renewed. Am I right? We need to be renewed. And, and too, all, um, all too often, the physical often represents the spiritual. And what God's wanting to do um, on the outside, he's also wanting to do on in the inside. And today we're going to talk about a specific kind of renewal for all of us. That specific kind of renewal is going to take place in our mind. According to our text today, there's a renewal that God wants to do within our mind. And so we're just going to dive right into this. Um, and, and ultimately, we're going to answer three questions in fact, the text is going to give us um, three answers to these questions. The first question we're going to answer is what kind of renewal of our mind? What kind of renewal are we talking about? Secondly, what are the effects of this renewal? And third, how does this renewal happen? Okay, and so go ahead, and if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. There's some Bibles on the aisles if you guys... I want to pick those up and hand them down to anybody that could use them. In fact, try to get a Bible in your hands one way or another if it's on your phone. We're going to um, open up two different texts, and I was hoping that everybody could get a chance to, to see something in a little bit. So, um, so here we are, Romans chapter 12. And so our first question we're going to answer is, what kind of renewal is this? What, what act of renewal are we ex- to experience And so the blank you'll see in your bulletin is that God wants us to renew our mind, okay? And specifically, 
He desires that we shift our thinking from that of the way of the world to his way. Okay? So it's God wants us to renew our mind, and he wants us to do that in such a way that we're shifting our way of thinking from the way of the world to his way. And so let's, let's look. Our passage is Romans 12, 1 and 2. We're going to start with verse 2, um, because that's going to lead us through Paul's thought process of how he's, how he's kind of laying this out for us. And so verse 2 starts off by saying, we're just going to look at the first half right now. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Being renewed in our mind means shifting our thinking from the way of the world to God's way. And when we see that in that verse, do not conform, okay, that word not conform, that's actually something from the very beginning that God's been calling his people to do, to not conform, to be nonconformist, right? He often looks at the rest of the world and says, do you see what they're doing? Don't do that. He wants us to look different. Let's put that into terms that are useful. Now, for those of you who don't know, a hipster is somebody who intentionally looks, acts, and dresses differently than the rest of everybody else, right? They want to stand out. They want to be unique. They want to be their own. That's kind of what God's calling us to do. Internally, God wants us to not follow the ways of the world, but to follow his ways. However, if we're going to be honest, that we are tempted daily to act, dress, talk, and be just like the world. Ultimately, to think like the world. We see that in the Old Testament, right? As the Israelites were entering into the land of Canaan, we see God speaking to his people through Moses, saying, do not be like the Canaanites, but instead obey my laws. See, God had a heart for his people, and he knew what was best for them. And so he said, obey my laws, follow my ways. We see Jesus in the New Testament talking to his disciples. On the Sermon on the Mount, he looks around at the Pharisees and those people who are kind of pretending to be holy, you know, but on the inside... Um, they, they haven't experienced renewal. They're not really opening to God in their heart. And Jesus looks at his disciples point blank and says, do not be like them. Christians today were called time and again from God's word and from others not to pursue after the wealth, the physical beauty, the materialism of this world. Instead, we're called to something different. There's this, this hymn that most of you are familiar with. It's been on my heart a lot recently, and, and here it is. And this is, I think, why... It's been on my heart. And it's the, it's, the, it's the hymn that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And it's that line, And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. That God's really been wrestling with me on. And it's, um, it's touching just to even hear that. Because that's been the call for all of us, right? Is to renew the way that we think. And... And so, why is it that God has regularly called his people throughout history to think differently, to be renewed in their mind? Well, ultimately, it's because we've all been born into a fallen world, and we've all been born fallen ourselves. It says earlier in the book of Romans, Romans 3.23, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. It says later that there's, there's no one righteous, not one. And so, so, we are all in need of guidance. We are all born fallen. And so what we have is, is this dilemma that we are born into this world with no direction, and yet we're called to live in a certain direction, which is God's direction. And there is an answer he gives us. There is a lifeline he throws out, and that is the gospel, literally the good news, which is that Jesus came to earth, died for our sins, and now if we receive him, his spirit lives in us, allowing us to be guided by him. In fact, 
This passage talks about transformation, right? It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Typically, when we talk about transformation in the Bible, we're talking about the heart, right? Because that's kind of the core of us. Scripture after scripture talks about the, car, the, the, the heart is kind of the very core of who we are. So yes, transformation takes place in our heart, but it's important in our passage to see something. That transformation begins with the mind. It begins up here. It begins with our way of thinking. And why is it that it begins with our mind? You don't need to turn there, but um, in Romans one twenty one, it says that as a result of the fall, our thinking has become futile. And then in Romans 1.28, it says literally that God gave us over to a depraved mind because of our fallenness, because of our rebellion towards him. He's given us into this. And so what does this renewal process look like? The renewing process look like of our mind? It's simply reversing our futile thinking, reversing our depraved mind. And while that might sound complicated, here's what it is. It's as simple as this. It's replacing a lie with the truth. Just like we talked about with the kids, right? There are certain lies that we're told that we believe, whether it's through others or in different situations. And, and to renew our mind is to simply replace those lies with the truth. In fact, the first 11 chapters of Romans leading up to our verse today in Romans 12, the first 11 chapters is flooded with truths about the gospel. That's Paul's whole argument. This whole, this whole huge chapter of a uh, chunk of the book is about arguing why the gospel is true, why it exists. Um, and, it's, and it's flooded throughout scripture about truths about the gospel, truth about us, truth about what God sees in us and who we are. In fact, I would like to do that right now, is look at, it, look at a particular passage and kind of let the truth just sink into us for a moment, just to kind of get a taste of what this means. And so, again, if you have your Bibles, open now, or just flip over to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, we're going to start out, and what we're going to do is we're going to read just a, a short section in here, um, I'll read it out loud, and then I'm going to have you guys just get into small groups, just two to four people, and I want you in a small group just to look over this passage and just share with the group one thing that stood out to you that maybe was a truth that, that, that resonated in your heart, okay? So here's the passage. It's starting at verse 14, and I'm just going to read it out loud. It's verse 14 to 16, Romans 8, so just follow along, and it starts off by saying, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, by the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Okay, now again, that was just a short passage from Romans chapter 8, but I'd like for you now to discuss in a small group one truth that stood out to you. So go ahead and, and get into groups and then just look over that text and then just share with your group one truth that stood out to you. And once everyone has a chance to go around, then we'll get back going again. So go ahead and do that now. So what we just did was we just took an intentional moment out of our lives to let our minds be renewed by the truth, by the truth of Scripture. So did anybody get a particular portion of that passage they'd like to share? Just something that stood out to them. You can just shout out just a couple words of whatever that was. Go ahead truth that spoke to them. God's children. Thank you. We are God's children. Thanks, Brian. We have not received a spirit of bondage. We have not received a spirit of bondage or spirit of fear, yeah. Glorified. What's that? 
We're glorified? Yeah, that we'll be that we'll share in his glory. Yeah. Let's stand. We can call our father Abba. Yeah. Sense of endearment. Relationship with God. That we're led, not wandering around. Yeah. Thank you. That we're led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. And I know I'm sure for all of you there's there's something that hits you in that it's hard to sometimes talk out loud in public, but the more that we can speak these truths out over our lives, over one another, over ourselves, the more our minds can be renewed. And that's kind of what this is all about. Our first main point is all about God wanting to renew our minds. He's wanting to have the way that we think shift from the way of the world to his way. And so this is a perfect place to transition now into our second main point, which is this. What are the effects of this renewal? Right? So what results in our minds being renewed? And so you'll see in the, in the um, second point there of the notes in the bulletin that as our minds are renewed, we are able to discern God's will in our everyday life. That a renewed mind results in knowing and living out God's will. And so now, for our first point, we just read the first half of, second, of the second verse. Let's read the whole verse in context now. And it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This this passage captures the general truth that our thoughts naturally lead into our actions. So first, we have a thought, and then secondly, we act upon that thought, right? And wisdom would tell us that that's the right way to do it, that you think first and then you act. And that if we don't, but that if we act first and then we think, well, sometimes that gets us into trouble, right? That usually results in physical or emotional pain. That reminds me of my days back in Hawaii, where I used to jump off of 50-foot cliffs into the water. I'd kind of have to act first and then think, otherwise I wouldn't do it, because who jumps off of cliffs? Well, all it took was one time of landing in just the wrong angle, and now I've decided I'm not going to do cliff jumping anymore. Um, that's, that's just straightforward wisdom, right? We think and then we act, and that's what this scripture's about. In fact, in our context... Right? The scripture would say that a renewed mind leads to renewed actions. That as our minds are renewed, then it kind of flows out into the rest of our lives. In fact, many of us have heard this passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's a very famous verse. And here's part of the reason why. I alluded to it earlier, but the fact that the first 11 chapters are focused on actually what Paul's intention is, is to really teach the Romans, the understanding of the gospel. He's really trying to get to their minds. He's really trying to help them understand what's going on. What is the gospel about, right? He talks about how we're born into sin. He talks about how God sent Jesus to save us from our sin. He talks about how we're now children of God, and now God's spirit resides in us like we just read about, right? Well, then the rest of the book of Romans, after Romans 12, 1 and 2, the rest of the book, if you've ever read that rest of it, it all talks about actions. It all talks about living out our faith, living out our understanding. Right? He talks about a, a slew of different things, but some of which are serving and loving the body of Christ, us, brothers and sisters in Christ. Another area he talks about is loving your enemies. Another one is about submitting to the government. He talks about just a, a ton of different areas in which we can live out our faith, that a renewed mind can lead into renewed actions. In fact, there's over 15 different areas we talk about, um, about living out God's will, as what our point is. Um, It's interesting to note, if you've ever done research on this part of Romans, all 15 of these areas 
parallel almost perfectly with Jesus' teachings. And so a lot of times Paul will, you know, people will give Paul a hard time, like he's kind of doing his own thing, he's got his own thing going on. But in fact, Paul is so in line with Jesus' words, it's amazing. And you'll see it stand out so much if you ever go back and look at the last few chapters of Romans. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Um, but coming back to our main point right here, uh, re- renewal results in us knowing and living out God's will. And so what is God's will that we're talking about here exactly? Um, Oftentimes we talk about God's will and we think of direction. We think of where is God's will for me going to college, right? I know there's a lot of upcoming graduates here and they're they're deciding and praying about where they're going to go to. Um, A lot of times we think of God's will of what job should I get or who should I marry. And these are all significant aspects of discerning God's will. Um, But I just wanted to note our text here is actually not so much talking about the directional where is God calling me to, This passage is talking about God's will in the sense of how do I live, how do I follow God's will day to day now that I'm here at college, now that I have this job, now that I've married this person. It's kind of a daily ongoing God's will that we're talking about here. Not to play down the other God's will of direction, that's something that the, the Bible speaks very much about. And that's something that we, as, um, whether it's as pastors or others in the church, would love to help our young people or anybody help discern where God's calling you in the next season of life. Uh, but this is what this passage is about. It's really kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty of life. In fact, let's take a few of Paul's examples and kind of apply them and see what they can look like. So coming back to our passage, we, we talked about how Paul references to serving the body of Christ as one of the ways we can live out our faith kind of the the action portion of Romans, right? Well, so he talks about serving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, A renewed mind now understands that since we are all children of God, we are, in fact, truly brothers and sisters in Christ. And so in light of that understanding, we act upon the renewal of our mind. We act upon that. And how do we do that? Well, simply we we pray for one another. Um, we, we, We just lift up one another in prayer. As they come to our minds, as they come to our hearts, we pray for them. Or maybe if a brother or sister is in need, we help them practically, with our time or our resources, um, or maybe if our brothers and sisters um, aren't sharing their toys, then we should, I'm just checking to make sure you guys are listening, not that kind of brother and sister, right? We're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, and sometimes our relationships can get a little messy, but what I want you guys to see here is that Paul's saying your renewed mind ought to lead into a very practical renewal of your actions. Uh, another area, remember we referenced to Paul saying that we are called now to love our enemies, As our mind is renewed, we are then to act out differently and love our enemies. Remember the children's message when we talked about others calling us names? That's not very far from our world today. I know for our youth, that still happens in middle school and high school all the time. We're called names or maybe while we're driving on the road and somebody cuts us off and calls us a name, whether we hear it or not. Uh, Or maybe people call us names on our Facebook pages. Um, we, get, we get told things all the time. We get told lies all the time, whether it's from others that we know, or maybe it's from people um, further out. Um, what is our response to our enemies? Well, Paul calls us, at the end of Romans 12, he says that if your enemy is hungry, to feed him. He says if your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, to apply this text would say, with a renewed mind, we're forced to ask the question, how can I love my enemies? Or better yet, the question to ask is, who is an enemy in my life right now? It's a hard question to ask sometimes. But the gospel is calling us to do that if we are to renew our minds. Maybe an enemy is somebody at school or at work. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe an enemy is somebody in our own family. 
What would it look like to love our enemies the way that God's calling us to? If we're not ready to ask this question and legitimately follow through with it, then this is an indicator that God still wants to renew this part of us. He wants to renew this part of our mind. Taxes. We're in tax season now, right? How can God possibly renew our, our experience, our relationship with the government? Well, actually, Paul's very clear here. He, um, he, he talks about a way that we can renew our minds and thinking about um, the government and taxes so that we can actually then allow this to flow into um, our actions. And we're told in Romans 13 that it's, it's for this reason that you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. So then give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Sounds very similar to Jesus, right? Talking about what is Caesar's, give to Caesar. The the government is something that God is a part of. And so if we are to live out God's will regarding the government and taxes, it's simple as paying our taxes honestly, what God calls us to. Um, a renewed mind ultimately is, is open to leading a kind of prayer that I actually um, resonates with my heart. It's a prayer that was written a long time ago from St. Ignatius of Loyola. And this is a prayer that if you just hear it, you'll, you'll get what it's getting at. And it's really just an opening to, to God's will, opening to being renewed to do God's will. And here's what the prayer says. Teach us, good Lord, to serve thee as thou deserves, to give and not to count the cost to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to seek for any reward save that of knowing that we do thy will. It's a hard prayer to pray. But a renewed mind is open to that prayer. It's open to pursuing that kind of lifestyle, open to, resu- re- to pursuing renewed actions in their life. And so, so to kind of recap the last two points, that God wants us to renew our mind, by shifting the way we think from the way of the world to his way, and we see that as our minds are renewed, we're able to discern and live out God's will in our everyday life. All right, so the big question for today is, what allows us to experience this kind of renewal? How exactly is it that we are renewed? We experience a renewed mind, and this is the third main point of our message. We experience a renewed mind as we give ourselves holy to God. As we place our entire self before God, we are renewed. And that word holy, that's the the entire whole, the W-H-O-L-L-Y whole. We're giving ourselves fully to God. Let's look at the passage and then kind of see what this is saying. So now that we've looked at verse 2 and what renewal is about, we're going to move up to verse 1 and see how to experience that renewal. So Romans 12 verse 1 starts off and it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, which is the gospel, in view of the gospel, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We are renewed as we give ourselves wholly to God. The text says that we are to offer our bodies to God. What does this mean to offer our bodies? Some of your translations might say to present your bodies or something similar. Um, the NIV uses offer, but, but ultimately that word there in the Greek is broken into two parts. The first part of that is going to have this implication of to stand, establish, or place. And the second part is going to be, it means to be alongside or near. And so literally to offer our bodies is to place ourselves near God. 
place ourselves near God. And it says to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Now that's an interesting phrase, living sacrifice. That is an oxymoron, living, alive, sacrifice, dead. We usually don't see those two words together. What's Paul getting at here? Jesus made the Old Testament sacrificial system obsolete when he died on the cross. So we're not talking about any kind of a real sacrifice here. The sacrifice system of the Old Testament only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so if Jesus' death on the cross covered all of the sins, then there's no need for sacrifice anymore. Then why is Paul telling us to sacrifice ourselves to God? Well, look at, look at the wording of the text. It says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. See, Paul's audience and us today would probably expect to hear, offer your hearts to God, right? Offer your, your heart. But see, Paul uses the word body to be intentional to say, it's not just bringing a part of you to God. It's bringing all that you are to God. Literally, physically, spiritually, bringing your entire self wholly to him. You see, God is spirit, right? And lots of things about God are spiritual and sometimes hard to fathom, right? It says that God's spirit resides within our spirit or our heart. It's hard to always conceptualize these things, but it's not hard to conceptualize our bodies. What is our body doing? Because oftentimes what our body is doing What's going on internally is not very far behind. And so, as Christians, we know that we're loved by a good God, and that this good God has a good will for us. And he longs for our minds to be renewed so we can live out his good will. But God doesn't force us to live out his, his will. He doesn't, he doesn't coerce our will to, to obey him. He simply calls us. He calls us. In fact, this text clearly says he calls us to bring our whole selves everything that we have, to him. So how do we give ourselves wholly to God? What does this look like? You know, sometimes we overplay these things, and we think that we, we overcomplicate them. I think it's as simple as what we've seen throughout history. We've seen it with Abraham, we've seen it with Moses, we've seen it with Isaiah, and a number of other spiritual fathers. And it's simply this, to come before God and to say, here I am. It's to just stop whatever we're doing. Just come before God and say, here I am. And you see those words, here I am, they have no magical power. And those words aren't anything but what it is. It's the posture of our heart and the posture of our body coming before God and intentionally stopping what it is we're doing to open to him. However, the truth is that we are often unable to do this. We're unable and capable of doing this. Oftentimes, we're in autopilot going throughout our lives, myself included, um, Ever, ever been like driving somewhere that you regularly go to school or work and like halfway there you kind of just like check out and then all of a sudden you're there and you look around and you're like, oh look, I'm here. Like kind of a scary thought, right? Like how many red lights did I run or how many like <laughs> scary, right? No, no, I never do that. But you know, I mean, I've heard of other people doing this and sometimes we just kind of go into autopilot, right? Well, it's kind of like that with God. Right? We kind of wake up in the morning and just kind of go through our routine, and then at some point something triggers, oh, that's right, God's here. Yeah, that's right, I'm here with God. God is a person, he wants to be with me and do life with me. Well, this passage is all about that. It's all about stopping, intentionally stopping, and saying, God, here I am. Uh, on Thursday, I woke up this past week, I woke up early, but I was tired, my body was tired, and I didn't want to 
do anything. I just wanted to jump right into work. I didn't want to like spend my, my quiet time in the morning with God. I just wanted to put my head down and drive and just do and just get my work done. And I felt like, no, that's not that's not how it should be. I need to slow down and spend time with God. And I knew that being in nature really opens me up to that. So I took a walk. If you haven't heard, we've moved. We're like two minutes over there now, so it's really exciting. And um, right over here by the by the lake. And so I took a walk down to the lake. And I just sat on a bench and I was just kind of sitting taking in um, God's creation um, all around. Well, most of it's Irvine Company's creation, but it's beautiful nonetheless. Uh, But the mountains, I don't think they created those mountains. I think that was God's, right? They didn't create the mountains? No? Okay. So we, I got to take in the mountains. I got to take in the sun. It was, it was a beautiful morning, and it really did allow me to be able to open up to God. I really got to, in that moment, say, God, here I am. And of course, you know, that's kind of not fair, because I've been working on this message all week, right? So it was like, I was ready for that. I know for, for some of us, it's harder to just naturally do that. But, but that's the encouragement of our text for all of us today, myself included, is, is to stop, to, to kind of come out of autopilot, and just to say, God, here I am, right? And so I want to give us an opportunity to do that, to just say, God, here I am, because we don't oftentimes get to do this. It sounds good, but how often do we really stop and say, here I am, right in the middle of what it is we're doing? And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment of silence and just allow yourselves to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, open to him, and just, just, it'll just be for a moment, okay? Um, it's nothing weird. It's just really for those of us who, um, who have a relationship with God, it's just being with him. And if we don't quite know God yet, that's okay. Just sit in silence or sit and maybe even talk with God. But, but to just open to him and say, God, here I am. And then after a few uh, moments of that, we're going to actually play a song and have a video come on up. And this song and video is going to be um, taken from different portions of Scripture, um, but what it is is it's an opportunity to reflect on the truths of Scripture so that we can renew our mind. And this, this is it, right? It's we, we bring ourselves to God so that we can renew our minds in order to live out His will. And so this will just be a, a small taste of that here. So let's just take a moment of silence, just get comfortable before God, and then in about 30 seconds or so, we're just going to play the video and, um, and just receive God's truths over you. God wants to renew our mind, and that as our minds are renewed, we're able to live out his will. And all that begins by stopping and opening ourselves to him, by bringing our entire selves to him. Our passage says that bringing ourselves into God's presence is actually an act of worship, that it's holy and pleasing to God. And you see, worship is not contained to a Sunday morning, Worship is something that we can experience with God throughout the week, that we can give to him throughout the week. In fact, you and I, we can be holy and pleasing to God at any point we choose. As we bring ourselves holy to God, then the process of renewal can begin, where we will ultimately be able to discern God's perfect will for our everyday life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we um, thank you for your scripture that guides us, that renews our mind, reminds us who we are and whose we are. God, that we're your children, and um, God, that so much flows out of that. Thank you for redeeming us and renewing us, and I just pray for each person here that yeah, they'd be able to, um, God, bring themselves to you, wholly to you, um, so they can experience uh, your renewing love for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.